0: From Boise to Middleton, the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conferences feature 20 of the largest schools in Idaho. Highlighting the big plays and big stories from Idaho's biggest schools, this is the SIC PrepCast with Wayne DeZubac. That's right. It is another edition of the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Wayne DeZubac. It's brought to you by D.L. Evans Bank. Wayne, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Yourself? Everything goes smooth.
0: Yeah, we just start hitting the really, really
1: busy time of the year, right? A lot of things are going on in football. I'll tell you what, it's kind of it's going to be interesting this weekend coming up. But uh, I want to kind of give a, a, a shout-out to Timberline's boys soccer team because they won the 5ASIC championship last night uh, with a one nothing win over Boise. So they've wrapped it up. They head to district later this week. And Timberline's going to be the number one seed. They finished the regular season 13-0-2, 9-0-2 in uh, conference play. And Boise, the defending 5A state champs from a year ago, they are going to be the number three seed. Bora, the number two seed, after Bora beat Skyview last night, four to nothing. Now, that means the district tournament for the guys starts later this week. But wanted to congratulate the Timberline boys soccer team for winning the 5A SIC title. Regular season, now the district, then on the state. So it's not done yet, but part one is done.
0: And Timberline has kind of been the almost uh post to post leader right they've been near the top of the standings yeah. pretty much since the jump they've been the top ranked team in the coaches poll for a while so it's been a really nice season for the wolves absolutely it really has been i mean
1: undefeated uh they had a couple of ties but undefeated but you know what i've seen in that soccer race things get crazy in the district tournament and you never know what's going to happen but at least they're number one seed so that gives them uh I won't say easy pickings to start off, but it's a whole lot easier than, you know, really being that fourth or fifth seed because there is where it gets really tangled up a little bit. But so you got uh, Timberline, number one seed, Bora number two and Boise, the defending state champs, number three seed. That's
0: going to be a fantastic district tournament to, uh, to be. watch. and will uh, keep you posted. Absolutely. Friendly reminder, uh, probably later on this week on our site, idahosports.com We'll have all of those district uh, tournament brackets, uh, not just for, district 3 in the SIC bid but, but every district around the state for soccer and volleyball so keep an eye out for that and you can uh, keep track of how your favorite team is doing in districts so
1: yeah i talk yeah. about it all the time in our football games you know where we're doing football but man you go to idosports.com, you can find anything i mean you gotta find the brackets you talk about that you know you find stories about different situations that are going on you find scores you find everything so i mean just go to idiosports.com and really just kind of navigate your way through and you'll see a lot of good stuff going on there besides uh, you and me talking football and stuff like that
0: Right. For sure. For sure. Well, you and me have seen a lot of good stuff. I mean, you in particular saw some good stuff last week. Uh, Let's start with the Thursday night game uh, that you were at. It was a uh, Cuna versus Bora showdown and it was a really good game. Bora ended up winning uh, in
1: football 27 to 24. They did. CUNA led that one at halftime, which was really surprising to a lot of people. CUNA having a little struggles this year, but Bora came back, won at 27-24, so it went back and forth, back and forth. And I think the bigger picture on that one is, is that the Bora Lions have now won three in a row. After losing their first three games, they've won three in a row, and they host Owyhee coming up on Thursday night, a game I'll be doing. And uh, Owyhee's struggling. That I'm not saying that Bora's is a cinch for Bora but they've got a good chance of actually starting the year 0-3 and then after Thursday night having a winning record right now at 4-3. and
0: And I told you uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, if Bora continues this hot streak, they've got a real good chance of playing themselves into a playoff spot. The SIC gets six automatic bids to the 5A postseason, um, and there's also two at-large bids. So last year, seven SIC yep. teams made the playoffs, and the same thing could easily happen again this year.
1: Yeah, they've got Parker Rushton who's really coming on strong. He scored like 10 touchdowns in the last three games. So uh if you if you would say that's hot, I think he's red hot right there. Ten touchdowns in three games, that's pretty amazing there. So he he's 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 get and once you get the running game going, as most teams know, once you can run the football, you can pretty much do anything you want. And Boris's defense has gotten much better. I and mean, they did give up 24 points to Cuna, but they haven't giving up the 49s and the 54s and you know, things like that. So, yeah, they're getting better, and Ford is just doing a pretty good job. So uh, we'll keep an eye on them on Thursday night. Uh, I fully expect them to be 4-3 and three coming out of that game.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you just gave him a new nickname, Red Hot Rushton.
1: <laughs> yeah, Red Hot <laughs> Rushton. Yeah, if I did, I did it by total mistake, but uh, I hope he likes it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about CUNA real quick, just for a second. This was your first opportunity to see CUNA in person. They're kind of a younger team they They got a new head coach, uh, Coach Shank. And what did you see from that caveman
1: team? You know, I, I saw a competitive group. I saw a group that didn't quit. They came out there and played hard. Uh, you're right. They're young. They got a lot of new things going on there. Uh, I think they're better than the record would indicate. But by the same token, you know, I mean, I thought they led that game. I thought they had an opportunity to win it. Uh, it, it was just one of those things that, you know, QN has got to take the next step. And CUNA's is one of those teams that when they were 4A, they dominated. When they were 5A, they struggle. And so they just got to get over that hump. I think that's another of the areas that continues to grow. As more and more people move in there, you're going to have more and more uh, young men who want to play football and more and more you know prospects to go out there and i think coach shank's going to have uh you know a good couple of years coming up here so i think they're good i think i think they're 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 kind of right there but you know they, they just don't have the depth right now from what i saw they, they lack a little bit of depth in all positions so i like what i saw they could have beaten bora uh they didn't get her done but uh i, I think they've got a lot of promise.
0: We want to get in on the ground level of buying that CUNA stock for the next couple of years. Yeah, right, exactly. I think
1: they're going to do well. Yeah, I
0: I agree. I I completely agree. All right, Friday night, the contest that you were at uh, was at Eagle as Timberline, uh, you know, really needing a win, I thought, to to really solidify their resume. Eagle, of course, uh, had the big win the week prior, and no problems with Timberline in this matchup, 32 to 10. What did you see?
1: Yeah, Eagle just looks awful good. Jack Benson looks good. they got Donovan Jones is good. They've got good running backs. You know, uh, they had their quarterback, their backup quarterback, Reeves, who came in there, and he ran the ball quite a bit. Roy Hall ran quite a bit. But the guy that uh, was something else again was Ian Duarte. Uh, Duarte had an 11-yard touchdown reception and a 78-yard punt return for a touchdown. The kid was unreal. And uh, that 78 yards, you know, it's, it's funny how something like that, one play, 78 yards for a punt return, just ignites a whole team and changes the whole atmosphere of a game. Ian Duarte just kind of put the skids to Timberline's hopes to win that game when he returned that ball. So he had a great night. Eagles a solid ball club. I really like what they do. Uh, they're, they're a fun group. And they're four and two now. And don't forget, Timberline's also four and two. So even with the loss, they're only four and two.
0: Right. And uh, for Timberline, still a chance to to rebound there as well. Ian Duarte was, uh, you know, he's, he's the benefit of the influx of uh, families that are moving into the Treasure Valley way. he's from California originally and a really good baseball player too, from, from what it sounds like. So uh, Eagle says,
1: hey, yeah, we'll take him. No problem. Well, that doesn't surprise me. I didn't know he played baseball, but that doesn't surprise me the way he handles the ball. He catches the ball well, feels the ball off the turf. Well, Uh, really good kid. And uh, really, boy, he's got some speed once he turns it on. And he was kind of weaving through that uh, that defense with that punt return. So pretty exciting young man.
0: So uh, the Cuna Bora game was probably the second best game of the week. I thought in the five ASIC, I, I think the best game was the showdown between Meridian and Skyview. We talked about Skyview coming into that matchup with Rocky Mountain. They were undefeated. They got got their nose batted in a, a little bit against the Grizzlies, uh, but really came out and competed well. Meridian escaped with a fifteen to seven win, but this was a wild finish. Wayne Skyview had a couple of chances at the end as time expired, and depending on who you ask. Skyview thinks they probably caught the game-winning touchdown or or the game-tying touchdown as time expired. The officials ruled the receiver was out of the end zone. But it it was a fantastic
1: game. You know, I didn't see it, and so I can't speak to the fact, was he out, was he in, that kind of thing. But you're right. I mean, it it had for some controversy. It had for exciting finish. It had for all kinds of, you know, hey, we should have won that type game. All the things. Now, for Meridian – they are still struggling with that quarterback situation because once again, Zeke Martinez was their quarterback, you know, Malachi was not. And, uh, you know, the freshman is the freshman and he's a great freshman. There's no question about it. But the bottom line is for me is that I'd rather go with a senior. And I think really Meridian right now is being hurt a little bit that Malachi has been shaken up, but he got hurt in the game before again for the second time this year. I I don't know exactly what it was the first time it was his shoulder. I think this time more – uh, they were worried about concussion type stuff, so you know he did not play, and so Zeke went there.
0: At what point, Wayne? Do you say you know Meridian? They've got a good resume at this point, four and two overall. Probably yeah. going to make the playoffs. At what point do you say, hey, rest up for for a couple games, and let's let's attack it in the postseason?
1: Well, I think I think that what they, is what they tried to do, but it's one of those things where they thought they had him back from the shoulder injury and got him back in there, and he took a pretty good head knock. And so that's something you can't, you know, you can't plan on or anything like that. Uh, You know, Meridian also had Davis Thacker out for a little bit. That's hurt them. He's six foot four. He's a big kid. So they've got all those three wide receivers plus a big tight end. Uh, So they've been injuries have slowed them down a little bit. So watch out if Meridian starts to heal up here, they get everybody back to strength again. So they started out strong, hit a little bit of a, you know, of a lull. And I, they could come right back in the playoffs, so watch out for Meridian. They're 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 not out of this thing by any stretch of the imagination.
0: And for Skyview to really bounce back and play well, I thought that was really encouraging for Coach Young and, and the Hawks there as well. Every other game, Wayne was kind of a blowout. You know, yeah. Mountain View, <clears throat> Mountain View beat Centennial fifty-seven to fourteen. Rocky Mountain had a nice win over a Wahe fifty-one to fourteen. Capital defeated Boise fifty to twenty-eight. Um. So it was really again we talk about it, it's not the haves and the have nods but but the really strong contenders and the younger teams that are still trying to find their way and if we look at the the conference standings because they break it down again by these divisions right, right. they tried to assign these two divisions and split up the competitive teams well I'll tell you right now the foothills division is a lot more loaded than <laughs> the river division
1: right <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. When you, got, when you got Rocky Mountain Eagle and Meridian and Skyview in the foothills division, you know it's loaded.
0: Well, and, and Timberlines in there too. Yeah, that's right.
1: I forgot about them. Sorry, but they're four and two. Forgot about
0: that. They're four and two, but they're zero oh and two in their division, Wayne. Their two losses have come to uh, top teams in their own division. So yeah, right now Rocky is two and zero oh in the division. Eagle and Meridian are both two and one, but Eagle, of course, beat Meridian, so they're in second. With the head-to-head win, Skyview is two and two in the division. They're almost done, and then Timberlines zero mm-hmm. two. Boise season last. They're not playing everybody in the division, so they automatically get that sixth spot. And then you compare it with the River Division, and it's all setting up for a good showdown. Mountain View and Capital both three and zero. Bora is two and one, like we talked about. And in maybe a softer division, they've got an opportunity to really solidify themselves. Yeah. And then Kuna is one and two. Centennial's one and three, and Hawaii is zero and five. So. um that Foothills division is really the one I'm looking at, but but the river yeah, division do. also has some good stuff.
1: Well, the river division, just so you know, we got that Capitol Mountain View game coming up Friday night. I get to do that one over at Mountain View High School. So you got 4-0 and 3-0 right there in division play. So a 7-0 combined record. So that should be a fun one. Last time I saw Capital, I'm going to be honest with you, they look horrible against Meridian. I mean, Meridian's good. Capital's good. I thought that was going to be a knock them down, drag them out, 35-31 to 31 ball game, and it was 35 nothing. So I know Capital's much better than that. It was just one of those nights you take it, you throw out the tape, don't even look at it. So I know Capital and Mountain View are going to be a good battle on Friday night, I look forward to doing that one. And that'll be for the lead in the River Division. Because, I mean, Capital's 5-1 and one overall. Mountain View, obviously, 6-0 oh overall. So not only are the division records great, you know, their overall records are nothing to sneeze at. Yeah,
0: Capitals' only loss was that setback to, to Meridian. ready. Mm-hmm. What what do you think is going to be the key factor in this matchup? Because Mountain View is good, we know. Capital's good. You've seen both teams several times this year. Where do you think it, it ultimately lies?
1: You know, I, I just think the ability for uh, Max Clark to move the football with Capital. I mean, that, that defense, Mountain View is really tough on defense at home. They really get really psyched up when they're playing at home. And they're a tough defensive team up there, especially in the second half. We've seen that in every game this year. Uh, They come out in the second half with a whole new determination. So I think if Capital can just kind of control the football, uh, keep, you know, Mountain View off the field a little bit with that ball control offense, I think Capital is going to do well. They just cannot play like they did against Meridian because Meridian's good, but they weren't 35-nothing good if you follow my drift. Right. So Capital. Capital, I think is going to put on a better show Friday night. I'm looking forward to that one right here on Idaho That's
0: right. We've got, we've got a little uh, river division flavor for you, right? Friday night. We've got the big matchup there Thursday night. It's why yep. he Y-E taking on Bora at Donna Larson park. And again, we talked about that's a great opportunity for the lions to maybe break through and, and uh, continue winning in their division. And then when you look at the Foothills division, the other division, Wayne, there's some big matchups here. I think right away what stands out to me, Eagle at Skyview, a pair of 4 and 2 teams. And, again, Skyview is a team that's trying to fight its way up in the standings. Eagle, meanwhile, trying to hold on to second place in the division.
1: Yeah, When I saw that game and I saw the Capital Mountain View game, I said to myself, self how can you be two places in one time? Cuz I want to go to both games cuz so I think that Eagle Skyview game is going to be a dandy. It's at Skyview and it's going to that's a whole different thing. Skyview's going to be upset. They're going to be hopping mad cuz they lost to Meridian on a on a controversial ending play. So it's going to be interesting to see what that. I would not miss that game if I were a Skyview or Eagle fan and obviously if you're capital Mountain View, so I wish I could split myself in two and go there. And I know there's a lot of people that I'm glad I'm not splitting two. They can only take one of me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we need two to zoo backs. Yeah, we don't around. need two
1: of us. Don't need <laughs> two of me.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other big matchup is Rocky Mountain at Timberline. Again, we talked about Timberline. If they want to go from dark horse to legitimate contender, what better way than to to give Rocky their first loss in the division this year? But that'll be a, a tough one for for Timberline as well. That'll be at Donna Larson Park on Friday night.
1: That's the only thing that they Timberline's got going for them right now, that they got Rocky Mountain at home. Uh, So that's kind of that's good news. But you're right, I think Rocky Mountain right now. We talk about the haves, the have-nots. Timberline's right in the middle of all that. I mean, they've got some good stuff. They got some good people. But the reality is that Rocky Mountain has it all, and uh, Rocky, I think, will win that game
0: yeah uh we were talking about skyview and how competitive they've been of course the news came out last week at the ihsaa september meeting that skyview will be moving back down to 4a next year but middleton and nampa will both be jumping up to the 5a rank so we got a little bit of shuffling of the deck here wayne i think the biggest story is going to be that The SIC will be uh, unbalanced once again, right? You're losing one team, but adding two, which gives you a 13-team conference, it's going to be
1: logistically a nightmare, I think. You know, and I know it's a numbers game. I really do. How many people are going to school there, what the deal is. But some schools just do better. You know, uh, football is a tough sport. I mean, you've got to look at football a little differently than just a numbers game. If you've got 1,500 in your school or 2,000 in your school, wherever the break is, that's going to take you from 4A to 5A or 5A to 4A. Napa, Napa struggling at 4A, and they're going to go to 5A. I mean, I just don't see how that is going to work in the long run, and it just kills morale. So it's really tough. Uh, Middleton. Middleton is just a power. And then you take Middleton away from the Emmett's and the DK's, and that's become such a classic, you know, that foray battle between those schools that I hate to see that just die and go away. And uh, so I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that, although I understand that it's all based on how many kids, how many students go to a particular school and where the breakdown is. But I don't know if that's the best way to do it. I don't know what the way to do it is. I'm sure there's people that are much smarter than me figuring this stuff out. So, I've got to, you know, uh, you know, just kind of say, okay, they must know what they're doing. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I guess my biggest thing is there's no set guidelines. It's all arbitrary and it's on a case-by-case basis. So there's never any idea of why this team was able to stay down and this team got kicked up well, and then, I, I don't know,
1: just there's well, a lot, there's a lot of it's going to be hard for Napa. I mean, CUNA is a good case in point. CUNA and 4A just dominated. CUNA in 5A struggles. It's just that little bit of competition there. And I would rather see teams, uh, when I say dominate, I mean, they compete. Okay, and they ended up winning that state championship a couple of years ago. But the reality is that they competed every game. They didn't blow everybody out, but they won a lot of games. They were competitive. I want competitive SIC rather than, you know, four teams that have got it, and six teams that don't. That's I, want, I just want to see where you've got 11 teams or 12 teams, how many ever you have in there, that on any given night, anybody can win. I want parity. Yep,
0: absolutely. I, I completely agree. So uh, switching gears to the 4ASIC, uh, that classic game between Middleton and Bishop Kelly, there was a little bit of sadness after, after the game because who knows when the next time these two teams will – Cross paths again with Middleton on their way up to 5A, but uh, if if this was the last matchup between these schools for for a while, boy, they sent us out with a good one, 51 to 42. BK wins a shootout.
1: Yeah, 93 points. I mean, we, we're talking hoops here, we're talking basketball already. You know, it was one of the basketball type games. So 51 to 42 was unbelievable. How about Seth Not, 308 yards rushing, five touchdowns. I mean, he just did it again. And, and uh, you and I were talking the other day and we we're talking about Seth and, and we both agreed that he needed every one of those five touchdowns in that game for BK to win. So Middleton gave it all they've got, but I'm going to, that's what I'm talking about. I'm going to miss both teams, by the way, are four and two. I'm going to miss that. So you got a game where they had 93 total points, the over under 93, they 51, 42, both are four and two. And now you got one going to five, a and one staying four a, um, I'm gonna miss that. I really am.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a bummer. Uh, B- Bishop Kelly, Coach Tim Brennan said the key to to the win for for the Knights was not only matching Middleton score for score because they're such a high powered offense, but t- you know taking taking time to score our touchdowns, right? Holding the yep. ball, running that clock, so Middleton isn't getting as many opportunities. And the game plan worked to perfection for BK. It was really nice. Well, to
1: see. it's always been that way. You know, you get <clears throat> excuse me, you get ball control. Jimmy you get ball control you have got to take that away from you know don't let Middleton have it they've got a great quarterback in McClure do not give him that ball and you know he can't score without it so that that's what not brought to the table he just kept that pounding and pounding and pounding and that running all the way through. Yep.
0: Uh, the other classic matchup uh, from the four SIC last week was Nampa and Valley View. And these were the teams mm-hmm. that we thought were kind of duking it out for fourth and fifth place. Now, I think both teams still make the playoffs from the SIC, but uh, whoever won this matchup is going to be able to finish a little bit higher and get a higher seed into the playoffs. Nampa wins by one, 39 to 38. And now the Bulldogs all of a sudden they've got two wins in a row here. They're two and four.
1: Yeah, and this is what I thought Napa would do earlier this year. I mean, I really thought they'd pick it up early on in the season. Uh, as you mentioned, now they're two and four on the year. They were six and three a year ago, made it to the playoffs. I thought they would continue that success. They didn't, but that was a big win for them. You know, we talked about Valley View last week, how maybe Valley View was struggling a little bit. And obviously, with that Napa win at Bulldog Stadium, Napa 39 38, is a case in our point as to what we were talking about that value struggling a little bit but you're right value still three and three and uh has the playoff hope still there for them i mean when you look at them uh value is two and two in league right now so you know they've dropped down a little bit but hey you know everybody's chasing emmett you know we'll see what happens with that one
0: yeah <clears throat> so in the standings emmett is 4-0 and still in mm-hmm. the first place in the league um, Bishop Kelly and Middleton are both 3-1. and one. BK gets second place because of the head-to-head win. Right. Uh, right now, Valley View, Columbia, and Nampa are all tied at 2-2 two and two apiece, right? That's kind of wild. Uh, Columbia, of course, their two wins have come against Ridgeview and Caldwell, which are both 0-4. So for Columbia, you figure now they're really having to play the quality teams. Nampa has one toughie left. Uh, Nampa will play Middleton on October 15th. And Valley View has two t- t- here this Wayne. They close out the regular season Valley View does with a game against Bishop Kelly on the 15th and then at Emmett on the 22nd. That's going to oh. make them very battle tested for the playoffs.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough. But of course, the one game that I want to talk about, Emmett at Middleton on Friday night. There you go right there. Um, you know, boy, I tell you what, Emmett 4-0, Middleton 3-1, that's a big game. I mean, if you're BK, you're going to be watching close on that game and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about this. If Middleton knocks off Emmett, all of a sudden you've got a three-way tie at exactly. the top of the
1: division. Exactly, and that's, kind of, and that's what I just was talking about a minute ago, about I want a competitive SIC, whether it's 4A, 5A, all the way down the board. So you shuffle these teams here and there and you lose some of that. But I mean, the 4A SIC is so darn exciting. It's unbelievable. It, it It's fun to look at everybody because when you look at it, you've only got two teams right now that are kind of out of it. You know, Ridgeview and uh, Ridgeview uh, and Caldwell are, are out of it. Everybody else is still like knocking on that door. They're right there, and anything could happen and with a three-way tie. If Middleton beats Abbott, all of a sudden this is a whole new ball game, and it's it's you know Katie barred the door.
0: Yeah, and they, and they will all have beaten each other too, which just adds another <laughs> yeah layer of yeah.
1: complexity. That, that makes that's a tiebreaker's nightmare right there. How do we break this tie?
0: <laughs> right. Uh, the other interesting matchup in the four ASIC, I think this week is Nampa at Columbia. We talked about both teams are two and four and we mentioned, you know, Columbia is two and two in the conference Their two wins came against the teams at the bottom. So can Columbia continue their winning ways, knocking off Nampa, a win over Nampa here would all of a sudden vault Columbia into the potential playoff conversation as well. So this would be an interesting one to watch.
1: Well, if Nampa wants to get back to the playoffs, Nampa has got to win this one. I mean, they were, like I said, 6-3 and last year. They were my dark horse in 4 A to begin the year. I thought they might make some noise. They really have been a lot more quiet than I thought they would. Uh, uh, Gabe Navarro is a pretty good quarterback. Uh, I mean, they needed everything he could give them the other night to win that game, you know, 39-38 over View. But the bottom line is is that they've got to win this one over Columbia if they want to continue another playoff run and get – get a chance to do it. And once you make the playoffs, anything goes. I mean, that's the key. You get through the season, you know, however you can, no matter what you can do, beat who you can beat, but just get enough to get in there, and then you can kind of put it all together if you can.
0: Yeah. And I I think this league is so good, Wayne, that a team will come into the playoffs with a less than stellar record and travel over to like maybe Eastern Idaho and play a team that wasn't as battle tested. And I'm telling you right now, somebody is going to, it's going to be an upset quote unquote, but really, I think the treasure Valley is so stacked in four a football that it really won't be a surprise to fans over there.
1: No, not at all. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, every year Emmett, BK, you know, Middleton always there, and I don't know if Napa wants to join the party. Uh, You know, they can, but they've got to win a couple more games here at the end of the season. Like we say, just a couple of weeks left in the regular season.
0: Yep, And that Middleton-Emmett game, you can watch the video broadcast of Friday night at 7 o'clock, live from Middleton. Logan Green will have the play-by-play call of that matchup, and that's going to be really good. So we we got a good schedule of games on idahosports.com this week. It all starts Thursday with the Hawaii uh, versus Bora matchup from Donald Larson Park, audio-only broadcast Thursday at 7 o'clock. And then Friday, we've got three games for you, uh, two in the 5ASIC. In the Wayne, you're going to be uh, at Mountain View for Capital yeah. against Mountain View, 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. audio-only, idahosports.com. We'll also have Centennial at CUNA. In what should be a fun matchup from CUNA, also seven o'clock Friday night. And then the big video broadcast of Emmett at Middleton. So we've got four games uh, on the broadcast schedule this week, and all of them should be pretty entertaining.
1: Well, I told you, if I could split myself in two. Now I'm thinking about split myself in three. I would love to see the Eagle Skyview game, I'd love to see Middleton Emmett, and would love to see, well, I'm going to see, you know, Capitol and Mountain View. But the bottom line is, uh, this is when it gets exciting in high school football. Here in the Treasure Valley, looking forward to all the games tonight at idosports.com. As always, will be there covering it, start to finish. Yep, absolutely. And I love your Friday Night Flash. I got to tell you something. You know, I'm doing the games. I'm there, and I go to Twitter, and I go in there, and I go online. Which Twitter's easier for me to get, you know, than to kind of drive it. In. So I go to Friday Night Flash, and I'm able to keep up everybody up to date with scores as to what's going on. So. I give you a lot of kudos on that one or whoever's doing Friday night flash on Friday night. Cause you're doing games, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. So that is our intern Keller Sherman. He is oh. uh, working. Yes. Intern Keller working the Friday night flash every uh, Friday night, doing, doing a great job of
1: it. So absolutely.
0: Well, it really that's, helps uh,
1: I mean, So if you're looking for scores, everybody, that's the place to go and then you can listen. And I think, you know, I had, I had some people come up to me afterwards and they thanked me for just doing that. They thanked for for doing the game and whatnot. But, you know, it's so fun because you can just get on your phone and you can sit there and listen to the game while you're watching it. It, It's fun to do.
0: Yep, absolutely. That's uh, the Friday Night Flash, our live interactive uh, real-time scoreboard, and that's on the website idahosports.com. All right, we've got some gold stars to hand out, Wayne, but before we do, let's step aside for a moment and hear from our sponsors of the uh, SIC PrepCast here on idahosports.com, and that is our good friends from D.L. Evans Bank, we will be back right after this on the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Wherever you are, D.L. Evans Bank is right there to help. From applying for loans to opening new accounts and signing documents, personalized service is just a video call away. This is Bank Live with D.L. Evans Bank. This is community banking. That's right, D.L. Evans. This is community banking, and this is the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Wayne Zuback. You can... Get the audio of this podcast uh, wherever you download your podcast along with our website, idahosports.com. You can also catch the video on the idahosports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. All right, Wayne, time for the gold stars. We do this each week where we each hand out a a gold star helmet sticker for, for a performance that we thought was exceptional.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, you've got one that I'm going to let you go first today because I I, I like it. The only difference is you got to be careful putting that helmet sticker on this person.
0: Okay? <laughs> That's right because we're going to the soccer pitch where uh-huh. they don't they don't actually wear helmets. I wear
1: helmets, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'll t- I'll tell you, uh, watching soccer. Uh, some of the girls
1: that come in and and they, you know, hit the ball with their head. I mean, I just, oh, that's got to hurt, right? It does. Have you ever tried? Matter of fact, there's been a talk we've done a lot of stories I've done when I was doing TV about concussions from just hitting that soccer ball. Have you ever tried to head, header a soccer ball, especially when it's really been kicked hard and high. Yeah. You got to be careful up there, but, uh, they, they're, they're tough. Don't, Hey, don't let anybody tell you that soccer is not a contact sport.
0: Oh, and, and the endurance that is required to play exactly. is exceptional. So, yeah, we talked about the boys' soccer and the 5ASIC at, at the top of the podcast and how Timberline it looked pretty good there. Uh, the big matchup, of course, last week, and it was the, the day we were recording the yeah. prep cast. Wayne, was this girls' soccer showdown between Rocky Mountain and Timberline, two unbeaten teams in the 5ASIC. The winner of this game was probably going to win the regular season title. There's a couple of matches still to be played this week, so we can't officially say, but – uh, it, it was a big matchup, and the winner of that contest was more than likely going to win the regular season title, and they it, they delivered. At halftime, zero zero, both mm-hmm. sides played even. Second half, Rocky Mountain gets a goal from Caitlin Slocum. She scored on an unassisted goal, uh, and, and that stood as Rocky won one to nothing over Timberline. That was at Timberline. That was at their place as well, which is impressive. Uh, My gold star, though, is going to go to the goalkeeper for Rocky, Ellie Stoll. She played all 80 minutes, uh, came up with four saves, and of course, pitched the shutout as well. So Ellie Stoll and the Rocky Mountain Girls soccer team, congratulations on a fantastic win over Timberline.
1: That's great. Of course, we're not talking too much about their actual regular play, but they're ending up right now this early this week, ending it up. Their district starts later this week, too. So, they're getting there, but because the podcast is recorded, we don't really know what's going on. We knew Timberline had won because that happened Monday night. We record this on Tuesday. So, you know, congratulations. Everybody's looking good. Their district play starts, and so we'll see what Rocky Mountain can do, if they can keep it going. My gold star, i got to go back to football, and i got to slap it on the helmet of Seth Knott from Bishop Kelly. The guy carried the ball 43 times for 308 yards and five touchdowns. And as you said, you know, coach talking about it. We just kept the ball away from Middleton, 43 carries in a game. That's a workhorse right there. And that's a guy who not only scored five times, but kept the ball away from the other guys. In this case, the Middleton Vikings time after time, after time, carry after carry and led to that big 51 to 42 win.
0: Yeah. And for BK, that's not the goal every week, but it's nice for them to know that, Hey, when we really need to, we can, we can turn and give it to him 40 plus
1: times and be all right. You know, there's always a lot of great performances. We look at it and a lot of times, like you say, like as you just now soccer, you know, throw out the, the gold star. We're looking at everybody. Don't have to score five touchdowns to get a gold star. But, you know, when you dominate a game and things like that and your goalie dominated the game, my, my running back dominated the game. And that's what we kind of look for is that dominating performances that really stand out, make a difference. And they made a difference for sure.
0: Yeah, and the opponent matters too, right? If it's a bigger game against yep. a, a high-caliber opponent and you deliver, I mean, that that raises you up a little bit as well. So. Although
1: I never scored five touchdowns or rushed for 308 yards against anybody. Yeah. Even the lousiest team ever, I never did that. So, <laughs> you know, there's got to be something to the talent that those kids have. Absolutely. Well, it's
0: going to be another fantastic week of, uh, football. Volleyball is getting towards the end of the regular season. Soccer. You mentioned Wayne districts are starting soccer is always the first yep. sport to dip its toes into the playoff waters. And that'll be a lot of fun to watch as it, uh, unfolds as well. So we'll be back next week to recap everything that happened in, in the five A and four a ranks in the SIC, uh, Wayne, uh, it's that time of year where it starts to get colder outside. You got a good jacket for when you're going out to broadcast?
1: Yeah, and you know what? From what they tell us the weather's going to get cooler Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So it's going to it's going to it's nice as like 75 on Tuesday, but it's going to get cold and next week's going to be even colder. So it's going to feel like district time, it's going to feel like playoff time, and I'm excited. Yeah, I've got a couple of jackets and you know, I'm going to just keep testing them out. The warmest one comes with me.
0: that's right tryouts open open tryouts open tryouts
1: for my coats absolutely
0: (laughs) all right well for Wayne to zoo back i'm brandon baney thanks for tuning in to the sic prepcast we'll see you back here next week on idahosports.com